0: Is The Drive with Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson on your 24 7 home of the Black and Gold, SNR Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson as usual, and uh, we are pleased. To be joined today by uh, a gentleman who usually joins us at the NFL Scouting Combine. Of course, that didn't happen this year. uh, But uh, we've got Greg Cosell of the, uh, of course, NFL Films in the NFL Matchup Show. And he's also doing a a new thing this year with Fantasy Points Draft Guide. It's going to be available soon here uh, where he'll be breaking down uh, guys uh, for this year's draft. And, uh, of course, we want to talk to Greg a lot about this year's draft, as we do at the Combine usually. Uh, But how you doing, Greg?
0: I'm doing great, guys. How are you? We
1: We are
2: are fantastic. It's it's great to talk to you. And my buddy Ross Tucker always introduces you as the greatest film guru (laughs) among civilians. (laughs) (laughs) So I like that intro too.
0: (laughs) That's because I'm crazy, and I just sit here and watch far too much tape. You know, just for 41
2: years in a row, huh?
0: Well, I haven't been doing it all for all 41, but uh, yeah, I just finished my 41st season here at NFL Films. Uh, probably been watching college tape I'm trying to think for a good amount of time I can't remember exactly how long but it's been a while yeah
1: well let's let's get right to it Greg first we want to talk a little bit about the Steelers and their situation um bringing Ben Roethlisberger back this year uh what in your mind what do the Steelers need to do with Ben Roethlisberger for him to be successful or can they be successful with him in 2021
0: you know, it's really fascinating because uh, normally when you watch a team's offense, you you kind of know how they see their players because coaches tell you what they think of their players by what they do. Um, and the Steelers this year were, were very interesting from a passing game standpoint because obviously they did not run the ball a lot. They threw it by choice an awful lot. But it was how they threw it. Every once in a while, they might throw a vertical route, but for the most part, everything was quick. Short passes, quick game, the ball got out. So I guess the question is did they do that because of ben did they do that because of their offensive line but at the end of the day that's what they did that's what the tape shows it's not an interpretation guys you know this it's what the tape shows so are they is their offense going to look the same next year uh that's hard to know obviously Ben's going to be the quarterback Uh, they do have vertical threats at the wide receiver position are they going to try to uh, attack more intermediate and vertically if they do then they're going to need to shore up their offensive line if they're going to play the same kind of offense that they did a year ago my sense is they would need to run the ball with a little more consistency and a little more volume.
2: Greg do you agree it's not to the same level. I mean, to me, Ben is one of the all-time great throwers of the football. But I still think he shows enough that he can make arm strength throws, you know, deep digs. They, they don't do it much, but you right. see it a handful of times a game or, you know, here and there. I think it's still in him.
0: Yeah, so I guess the question would then be, why didn't they do more? Right, right. I mean, ultimately, that would be the question. Um, I can't answer that. You probably can't either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that their offense became very stagnant. It became very condensed. Um, and if you can't run the ball, you get stuck in a situation where you're, you're asking for office burger to have to drop back 40-plus times a game by choice. I'm not sure they really want to do that. Maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, obviously, they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. I don't know if the offense is going to change. But when all said and done, uh, there's going. In, in my view, I know there's big debates now about the run game and whether it has any meaning whatsoever. That, that's, that's a whole other debate. But I think that they do need to run the ball with more volume and more success uh, with, what, with what they're going to put out there.
1: Yeah, I I think to your point there, you know, people uh, discredit the run game, which I get it, uh, you know, in terms of of the, you know, all the analytics and everything. It's great, you know, and that's fine until you can't run the ball or you don't have a running
0: game. Right. Well, they just decided the run thing. game because of the, the reality, of course, is that more explosive plays come out of the pass game than the run game. And the league basically t- has trended toward explosive plays. Offensively, you're trying to create them. Defensively, you're trying to prevent them. That's what the league theoretically is, is, is explosive plays. And the run game does not give you anywhere near the number of explosive plays percentage wise so we'll see but your your point's exactly right the run game it doesn't matter until you can't run it at all and
2: there's a lot of reasons why the Steelers run game hasn't been successful I mean they haven't stuck with it they're not moving bodies off the line of scrimmage as well as they did back in the day people are crowding the line of scrimmage because they don't fear the deep ball and I know to take that, you know, the running game doesn't matter. And then you hear, well, running backs don't matter at all. You never never invest in them. But, boy, the ball carriers here over the last couple years have really been a detriment to me.
0: Yeah, you know, I thought James Conner would, would be a good back, and he had that stretch this season, what, it was four or five games early in the season. I think he gained 100 yards in three or four of them. There was some volume to his running. I think in that stretch he averaged about 18 carries a game. Then he got hurt, and the run game kind of went away. Um and again now you get into play calling and concepts and those are hard questions to answer but the bottom line is now we've got some issues on the offensive line pouncey's retired you know the interior of the o-line with the exception of DeCastro, i guess those are question marks to some degree right now um so we will see how they approach the offense this year uh you know, I'm not a big believer, it's, it, it, again, without getting into the whole run game discussion, I think it's hard, and Ben's past the point where he's really a second reaction quarterback. Mm-hmm. Can he do it every once in a while? Yes, but it's very hard, in my view, to throw the ball 40-plus times a game by choice in this league because of the defenses. Now, if everything's going to be quick game, hey, that's fine. The ball comes out, but then it's very hard to really sustain your offense, just throwing quick game throws also. So, what's the balance? There's there's no definitive answer to that. It's not a quantifiable thing. Every team has to figure that out. So, I, that's why I'm just not sure what they to think their offense will look like this year.
1: Well, Greg, to, to moving on to the draft here, which one of those things is easier or is the quicker fix? Do you, do you, in, terms do, of, in terms of the offensive line or the running back? Can the running back make the offensive line better or vice versa is there one is there a better way to do that do you build the offensive line first and 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 the running backs will get their yards or do you build do you get the running back and then build it that way
0: Well, it's funny. I was told years and years ago, and I'm sure the analytics people will say this is absolutely false, but I was told this by coaches, that the running back makes the running game, not the offensive line. Um, Now, obviously, you've got a terrible offensive line that's different, but assuming your offensive line is is good enough, and you have some kind of commitment to running the ball, whatever that means, and that'll be team-specific, then you can have success if you have a quality back um, so. Uh, my guess is the Steelers would probably be in the market for a back. Um, I don't know what Matt Canada's whole point of view is, what his, you know, worldview of offense is. um, If he spent a lot of time talking about it, Um, I'm being honest, I don't know what time. We haven't talked to him
1: at all yet this year. We had him once on a conference call this year.
0: (laughs) That was it. (laughs) I don't don't know, you know, what his whole worldview is given the personnel. Um, You know, I guess Smith Schuster's a free agent, right? Correct, Yes. yes. And he was not tagged. Not All right, but still, they've got weapons. I mean, they have three guys who are vertical threats in Mm -hmm. in Johnson, Washington, and Claypool. So they have players who can stretch the field and cause defenses to have to defend a certain way because the last thing defenses want is to be beaten over the top. So uh, we'll see where they go with the run game, but, uh, you know, I think that – to me, a really, really good back can can give you a run game. Now, does that mean he's going to run 60 yards for a touchdown? No, but you don't. Backs don't necessarily have to do that to be good backs.
2: Along those lines, I mean, it certainly leads where we really want to talk to you about, and that's some of these these incoming running backs in the draft. Najee Harris has been linked to the Steelers a lot by mock drafters out there. Uh, Javante Williams' name comes up on this show by us a ton. Um, I know you've watched Williams. I assume you've watched Harris.
0: What do you think of those two? Yeah. I mean, to me, if we start with Najee Harris, see, to me, Harris is a volume runner. To me, Harris is not a guy you give the ball to seven or eight times. I think he's a volume runner. The question for me with Harris is whether he is truly a three-down back in the NFL. We saw in college that he had excellent hands. He ran a variety of routes in Alabama's offense. Um, But his body type does not necessarily fit the conventional mold of the third-down receiving back, which doesn't mean he can't do it. It's just normally you don't see third-down receiving backs built, you know, who are 6'2", 230. Um, But, you know, I think based on his skill set, and his traits, he's a volume back. He's, he, you have to give him the football. That's the way he, he that's what he is. So uh, if you draft him, it would seem to me you're making a commitment to run the football.
2: And what's your thoughts on Williams? I know you're a fan.
0: I am a fan. I, I, again, I think you could make the argument that he's the number one back in this draft in terms of just running music to
1: my ears
0: (laughs) he's not you know the receiving part i think is a work in progress with him um and and you have to be fair that's what the tape tells you um but i think when you look at his size his compact build he has patience he has vision he's got subtle lateral quickness and confined space he's got burst he's got speed he's got natural power he might have as good a contact balance as i've seen in a while his 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 ability to run through and break tackles is really really good he's physical he finishes he's competitive to me he's a sustaining back that does give you big plays because he's got speed as well so uh, again uh, he, to me and i know he shared a workload in college with michael carter but I think when all said and done, do you have to give it to him 20 times a game? No. But you're also, if you draft Javante Williams, you're not drafting him with the idea that you're going to give it to him eight times a week.
1: Right. And that's the that's thing that, you know, they just have to stick with it. I, I think, and I, I went back and looked at this a couple of weeks ago, when the Steelers had Le'Veon Bell, the last, year, last full year that they had Le'Veon Bell and Ben Roethlisberger, they ranked 15 in rushing, 15th in rushing attempts. The last two years... Without with full years with Roethlisberger, and Nobel, they've been 29th and thirty second. Right. I, I think it, it it's a lack of confidence in the in the run in the running backs uh, to uh, a large well, degree. The,
0: the other thing about the running game too is, as as you guys know, the run game is is about patience because you get a lot of one yard runs and two yard runs and sometimes you get a minus one, and it's very easy as a play caller, particularly when you design pass plays and people do more and more now with task game concepts, with motion, with jet sweep action, with orbit reverse action, with all kinds of motions. So um, I think people feel, hey, why run it when there's a chance on any given play for a big chunk play? But a run game is about patience. And... Now, not a lot of coaches in this world, particularly younger coaches coming up through the ranks where there's more big plays in high school and college, not a lot of coaches, I think, are willing to be patient with the run game.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And a quarterback I wanted to ask you about, have you watched Mac Jones yet? And if so, what do you think? I have happened? watched Mac Jones. I oh, yeah, i watched so. all the quarterbacks. Okay, yeah. I figured he did that first. I mean, what do you think? I mean, a lot of these – Rosen, Haskins, quote, not great athletes, have struggled earlier in their career. But he's such a quick processor. Do you think he can be the exception?
0: Well, to me with Mac Jones, you have to decide one one thing essentially with Mac Jones. Do you believe in today's NFL that it's essential for a quarterback to have secondary action ability? If you believe that to be the case, he's not your guy. If you don't believe that to be true, in other words, you think it be nice to have, but it's not absolutely essential, then you may believe that you can line up with Mac Jones. Because Mac Jones, first of all, he's 6'2". He does not have a big arm. Um, he's not a very good athlete. Um, he's got no twitch to him whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but... There's a lot of positives about his pocket play. He's got a really strong sense of anticipation and timing. He's got a feel for manipulating the defense. He does have just enough pocket movement. He's not quick-footed, but he has just enough pocket movement. He understands zone coverage concepts. He can throw with anticipation into zone windows. As you said, he's very decisive with what I call elimination and isolation. And his ball location is consistently precise. So there's a lot to like about Mac Jones. Look, it's very possible and I that some people think, and the name I'll throw out, is not because he's going to be this guy tomorrow, but there may be some people who think as he plays and matures that he could play the position like a Tom Brady that he's not Tom Brady, but he could play it like that. If you believe that, then he is your guy. So you have to decide what's important to you in today's NFL where so many quarterbacks, obviously not Tom Brady, but the larger, larger majority of quarterbacks seem to have to have some kind of secondary action movement ability.
1: Our guest is uh, Greg Cosell of NFL Films and the, uh, of course, NFL matchup show. Greg, are are there any other quarterbacks in this draft that you're looking at that, that that or you like in the later rounds that people aren't talking about as much as they should be?
0: Well, you know, later round stuff has always becomes a function of so many things, and you know, you, you guys, we all do this, and you know, we're all on Twitter, and you know, you, you all get, you know, we all get ripped by the guys in the basement in their underwear. You know, that's <laughs> the way it works. That's so. So when you talk about guys who are Later round picks, so much becomes a function of where they go, the team that's around them, the scheme that they're asked to run, the coaching staff. Can they be with the coaching staff where they're with the same staff for two, three, four years? So there's so many variables that go way beyond just what the guy is. Because if he's going to be drafted in the later round, he's drafted in the later round because his traits aren't as good. Right. Right. So so obviously, you know, if a guy's the first, you know, we don't have to worry about Trevor Lawrence's traits. They're pretty good. So, um so if a guy's drafted in the later round, you start getting into okay, you know, he's lacking some things and then you get into other areas. So, I'll give you a guy that could easily not make it, but yet he fascinates me, okay? And that's Sam Ellinger from Texas. Hmm. He's not a classic thrower by any stretch of the imagination. His delivery is a little elongated. He's got a little bit of a windup. He drops the ball at times almost to his waist. Um, he causes him to push it at times. So he, he's not what you'd call a natural or a dry velocity thrower. Um, but So he needs a lot of work on a number of things. Um, and to really have a chance to line up on Sundays, those things would have to improve. Um, but I, the more I watched him, and I watched six full games, because um, I was also watching their left tackle, Samuel Cosby, um, there's something there about this kid, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's Dak Prescott, because Dak Prescott's become a really, really good NFL quarterback, and not just because he signed a big contract, uh, but Prescott was a fourth-round pick for a reason. No one viewed Prescott as a first-round pick coming out of Mississippi State. And, you know, the more I watched Ellinger, I kept saying to myself, is there something about him that reminds me of Prescott? You know, not not the exact way he plays, but just can this kid be a fifth-round pick and all of a sudden in three years maybe he gets an opportunity to play based on where he is. And so I was, I was a little intrigued by him. Plus, I had a chance to meet the kid, and there's, I'm not a believer in it. That's not why guys make throws, but <laughs> there's something about the kid. And from what you hear from Texas, he's as physical and competitive a kid as you'd ever want to be around.
2: Interesting. You mentioned Dak Prescott. I kind of have a philosophical quarterback question for you because we've really seen it with Josh Allen, too, where these guys have actually gotten more accurate at the NFL level than they were yep. in college – and growing up in the world, that was world, something that, that you never never yeah. know like that never happens is that all these individual quarterback coaches has the biomechanics of the world gotten better is it scheme is it all the above or don't we don't we know that answer
0: that's a great question and I don't know if we know the answer I mean Prescott had major ball placement issues in Mississippi yeah. State clearly Josh Allen did at uh, at Wyoming Um what josh allen has done is is pretty remarkable uh you know i'm not going to sit here and say he's the most accurate passer now we've ever seen but he made throws this year that were really degree of difficulty throws with really precise ball placement um prescott's become a much more accurate thrower in the nfl uh and i think that Dak prescott's a really really good quarterback uh You know, it's funny. I'm going to throw this out, and this will come across as bold and controversial, but, you know, it's just, it's all based on tape study. I don't make bold and controversial statements. I watch the tape. Somebody asked me, you know, who I thought was was a better quarterback right now, Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. And I said, Dak Prescott based on tape study. And uh, Dak Prescott is is playing, and and it was a shame he got hurt this year, but was playing at a very, very high level. Uh, So that's a really difficult question to answer sometimes it can be mechanics um, I think in Josh Allen's case mechanics do have a lot to do with it uh, but normally you don't see a leap that big even with an improvement in mechanics.
1: Uh, r- real quick Greg you mentioned the uh, the, uh, the offensive tackles here this is as deep of an offensive tackle class as I can remember seeing it uh, again I, I haven't been covering the league as long as you but this is my 28th year I can't recall one that's that's quite as is has the depth in the second and third rounds as this one.
0: Yeah, and and here's the issue, not the issue I have. I mean, you're right about the, the players. Is from watching the NFL as closely as I do every year, you know, watching tape uh, every week, trying to get through as many games as I can every week. Um, and there's always talk about. Well, he's not a tackle; he's a guard. I think we have to stop that because. You know, not everybody is Joe Thomas. Not everybody has really light feet and is a dancing bear. You have to line people up at tackle. And the game has changed. There's a lot more quick game. There's a lot more misdirection elements. This is not 20 years ago where quarterbacks took seven-step drops and tackles had to block great pass rushers for 3.1, 3.3 seconds on an island. The game has changed. Um, So not everybody, you know, you look at someone like Jack Conklin who came out of Michigan State as a top ten pick in a draft and taking nothing away from Jack Conklin, but he's not a light footed guy, but he went to Tennessee and they featured the run game. He's in Cleveland where they feature the run game, and the pass game works off that, and he's a very good tackle so- you know I think that all these guys, like you have a kid from Clemson, Jackson Carmen, I'm sure a lot of people will say, well, he should play guard, well, he probably could play guard but I think he's a tackle in the NFL, the way the NFL is played today. Um, and the other thing that I will say is I don't think there's a meaningful delineation anymore between right tackle and left tackle. I think that that's an easy thing to say now for people that don't study the NFL in great detail.
2: And to your point, people forget, every Sunday you got to line
0: up 64 tackles
2: on when the whistle starts. Yeah, the correct. Day, you know?
0: Correct, right. and you know what? Not everybody is going to be a great tackle. Just you know, uh, but you know, I think that right tackle, left tackle delineation, which for years and years we just threw out there as if it was gospel, I think the way the defenses play now, I don't think that really matters.
1: Yeah, it, it really doesn't. I mean, T.J. Watt lines up on that side, on the over on the right side. Vaughn yeah. Miller lines up on the right side. I mean, a lot of teams put their better pass rushers. On the quarterbacks, Plus, quarterback can see him coming, they still can't get rid of the ball.
0: <laughs> and teams move guys around now. Plus, with, with the increase in, in pressure packages and the increase in sub-defenses with five defensive backs, six defensive backs, on occasion seven defensive backs, you've got more speed rushing the quarterback. And they don't just say, oh, the speed can only come from the left side of the offense. So, you know, that delineation to me just doesn't make sense anymore.
1: Well, Greg, we we won't keep you any longer here. We could talk to you all day long, but uh, we know you got other things to do with it. Uh, Our guest has been Greg Cosell of uh, NFL Films and the NFL Matchup. You can check out his work as well at the Fantasy Points, uh, the draft guide that is coming out soon. That's fantasypoints.com. But we appreciate your time as always, Greg, and hopefully next year we'll get to see you at the Combine.
0: I think there'll be a combine next year. I think it uh, seems like we're moving in the right direction. So let's, let's hope that continues to happen.
1: Absolutely. But uh, I've, I've been Dale Lally. He's Matt Williamson. We want to thank uh, Jacob Reck for keeping us on the air as well. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're hear in conversation with business
1: icons. Welcome back to the drive. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. And uh, Matt, uh, busy uh, couple of days here Lots in the happening. NFL. Lots yeah. happening in the la- in the last couple of days, including today. Uh, the NFL set the salary cap at 182.5 million. That's not quite as high as what we thought it would be. No. Uh, but right in around that 183 million number that the teams have been working off of mm-hmm. the the rough number. So that's down 15.7 million from 2020. Uh, so obviously a lot of teams have some work to do to uh, to get under the cap.
2: Yeah, and big-picture thinking, considering where— I mean, a year ago we were sitting at the Combine, and almost to the date, and it, over the course of the year, the worst thing that happens is we lose $15 million off a of salary cap, so be it. You know, I mean, it's not that big a deal. But I'm a nerd with these things, and you and I have talked about it a lot. I'm a little disappointed. I, I was kind of thinking it could be 190 or so, because the league is about to just get flushed with money.
1: <laughs> right, and, <laughs> I mean, and that's, you know.
2: <sighs> so it's going to be it's a, a, a step-back year, you know. I mean, I, I think we're going to have, you know, everyone's getting vaccinated. I mean, I think we're going to have people in the stands, or, you know, we're getting all this TV money. There's betting money still lingering out there. There's guys like Amazon, you know, are getting involved. So the the league is not poor. So I'm a little disappointed, but... It's better than we thought two months ago when it was thinking it was 175 ish. Right. I mean, you know? so you
1: get seven and a half million more. Uh, we saw the the franchise tags. There were nine guys tagged yesterday, yeah. which is down from 14 a year before.
2: There wasn't a ton of obvious candidates though either.
1: Right. And and I think a lot of teams were kind of iffy on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on, on what based on what the cap was going to be. I was kind kind of surprised to see the Saints. Tag Williams or safety. Like, a, where are they coming up with the money? They had to cut. They cut two guys today: Quan Alexander and Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, but, but they those, were gonna cut them. No they were going to cut them. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, like those guys get cut if if the cap if they were if, if the Saints were at the cap, they cut those two because they're just not worth the money at this point. I mean, they, the Niners traded Quan Alexander because it was a bad contract. I don't understand it. Uh, I mean, there's this thing, this, this talk out there that the cap
1: is a myth. It kind of is. <laughs> it is, but it isn't. It's I mean, right. you still have He's to sweet. be they under get it. Heavy. Yeah, um, you know. So I, I think that I mean they, they get they're going to have to do some serious finagling here over the next week.
2: They're like Al Capone's bookmakers though, or something. I mean, like the bookkeepers or whatever. Well, like, they get they,
1: they work on the they they you know people think that the Steelers push a lot of money into future years. Oh, they're, nobody they're, handles it like they're the working on the wimpy. Uh, you know. here. I'll gladly pay you tomorrow or Tuesday for a hamburger today. Every year. I mean, every
2: year. Um, Only now
1: they don't have Drew Brees a quarterback anymore.
2: No, they don't. And now they have to find a quarterback in addition to this situation. I mean, maybe Marcus Williams is a a sign and trade. You don't see that very often, but I was shocked when when that one came across. Um, You haven't mentioned it yet, but Dak Prescott signed a monster deal. And for people who don't know, I mean, not only is Jerry Jones one of the richest owners in the league, but he's also one of the most high-profile. Of course, but he's also on the TV committee. You're, you know, he's part of that, so he's very dialed in with the money coming into the league. And I think that's a reflection on yeah. all the Nobody, money they gave that. Uh,
1: even though the cap goes down a little, uh, goes down this year, mm-hmm. everybody expects it to be at least two hundred ten million next year.
2: Oh, I would say at least, yeah, at least, if not more. Right.
1: Uh, to that point, here's one. Here's a way the Steelers kind of luck out on this okay. in this situation. Uh, Tom Pellisaro released the 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 uh, the 50 year option numbers for the 2018 first mm-hmm. round draft okay, picks. Right, right. So here's the here's the criteria for players who have been at least selected to or been selected to at least one Pro Bowl. This, these are guys in the 2018 draft. Uh, in the first round, mm-hmm. and that's this now equates to all first round picks. So that, this is why we what we've talked about with those thirty two first round draft picks, maybe not being quite as valuable. You used
2: to love the fifth year option, yeah? Now, now it's, not so much. It's a little bit debatable, yeah.
1: So a quarterback who's been to at least one Pro Bowl, now one Pro yeah. Bowl in, fi, in in your first four seasons, and they take a bunch. It's like, not saying that much no. because
2: the the two guys in the in the Super Bowl don't go. Right, five others opt out. Once guys and start, once guys start
1: turning it down, now you get other guys getting pulled into the Pro right. Bowl.
2: I remember when David Gerard went. Yeah, you know, like okay, you know. So for the I think for Mitch the Trubisky was in one. Yeah,
1: the <laughs> quarterback position for twenty twenty two. If you've been selected to a Pro Bowl, is twenty three million dollars. Okay, that's fully guaranteed. It's it, it,
2: odd criteria. Yeah, like, I mean, if it's a good young dude, if it's Josh Allen next year or Lamar, fine. I mean, that's worth it. But yeah. if it's David Gerard or Trubisky, not so much. Right.
1: Uh, at running back, it's $7.2 million. Yeah, which is
2: pretty nice. That's I'm pretty. a that, shocked that, Aaron Jones didn't get that. That's tagged. pretty
1: nice. Um, but again, this is just the 50-year option.
2: Oh, yeah, he was yeah, first-round pick. I, mean, yeah. I was thinking it was franchise tabs. So
1: when right. we're talking about, you know, should the Steelers take a running back in the first round in that 50-year option, that's not that, – that, that's actually – the only people with a lower 50-year option than running back, the only position, is kicker and punter.
2: Yeah, Right. So if you do draft Williams or Harris or whomever in the first that round... That fifth
1: round, that 50-year option is not Maybe it's a little ridiculous. over eight by then, yeah.
2: eight and a half or something like that. And compared to the rest of the league and what people are making, if that guy is still in his prime, it's a pretty good financial move. Yeah, you yeah. get
1: the 50-year option pretty cheap. Now, for the Steelers, mm-hmm. they have two safeties Yes, in that 2018 right, right, class right. because they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. So Minka Fitzpatrick has been to a Pro Bowl. He's actually been to two. Mm-hmm. So the the... the fifty year option for Minka Fitzpatrick actually comes in lower than what it was going to be because the cap went lower this year. No oh, wow. Okay. So I it's now nine point oh five two million. Wow. I was when I look, when I initially looked at this and I, I did because it's supposed to be that top that that guys the guys who have been to one Pro Bowl is the average salary of the top it's it's the franchise tag essentially. Yeah, it's
2: basically the top five guys of your yeah. position.
1: So it's nine point oh five two million. Okay. hmm I mean they've gotten a nice deal on Minka the first it's and did not know this was them. going to be the case when right. they
2: made the trade? And, like you said, kind of lucked into it.
1: Here's the other part of the equation for players who achieve the playtime criteria that has with, to be Edmunds. with no Pro Bowl, which has to be Edmonds because right, right, he's right. played every snap, the number, the 50 year option number is 6.753 million.
2: Wow. Which isn't bad. Right. So you got 15, 16 million tied in a pair of really good in their prime safeties. That's easy decision.
1: Yeah. Now, for the quor- oh. quarterback that hasn't made a Pro Bowl. Hasn't made a Pro Bowl in his first four years, but you're going to pick up his fifty year option. This is the Sam Darnold situation.
2: Yeah, okay. Is Baker in that conversation? Baker would be in that conversation.
1: Okay. okay. To pick up that fifty year option, or if you trade for— this is why I don't think the Steelers can trade for Sam Darnold right now, why mm-hmm. Why I wouldn't do it. Because his, you don't
2: that that you know you have that option to doing the fifth year deal, but if
1: you trade for him, it. you're going to pick up his fifth year option.
2: Yeah, you're not renting him for six. You're not going to rent him for or one. You know market.
1: we're going to trade a third round draft pick for Sam Darnold and let him go after a year. You know? Right. I mean, That's and the silly. agent's not going to
2: negotiate yeah. a long term deal when his stock's
1: low. So the fifth year option is eighteen point eight five million.
2: Nah, it's high. Don't get me wrong, but it's
1: fully guaranteed. It's fully guaranteed. The moment you make the offer to him, it's fully guaranteed.
2: I hear you but like i'm thinking about baker more than donald darnold but i'm i'm saying I mean, this is Bridgewater this
1: is why the steelers can't make that you don't want to make this year. you don't want to make that trade no, for no. sam darnold and guarantee him not only this year's salary because once you pick up that that, that option not only are you fully guaranteeing next year's salary you you're you're guaranteeing this year's salary as well you're not well, going to cut, not gonna cut him you're in, not going to cut the year, guy right, and right, have to right, pay him next year right
2: no i don't think it makes sense now for darnold to, to your point i agree with that i think it makes sense for other teams
1: Perhaps you know. I yeah. don't
2: think that's the the scariest number I ever heard. It's for not. It's not terrible,
1: but it's also you're 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 locking up because you also have to pay a salary this year, which is like three or four million. Mm-hmm. So you're locking up another twenty two you know, for two years for two years for Sam Darnold, and right. you don't you don't know if he's any good.
2: I know, but like if I'm the Browns, I like hearing that, and I hope Baker doesn't go to a Pro Bowl because I'll take right. that starter. But at they're 18. they're also
1: they're also talking about. You know, extending him, extending him, because that's right. the that's the part of this with the with the quarterback position. If your quarterback is your starting quarterback, as we saw with Patrick Mahomes, as we're going to see with Lamar Jackson, if he's your three, if, you know, your starting quarterback for the first three years of his career, you're probably talking. You want to you want to lock him up. You want to extend. Well, it's
2: good him. for the building. It's good because for the
1: room. What I mean, you it's, don't want is that Dak Prescott situation.
2: That's kind of where I wanted to go with this a little bit too, and I, there was a lot more housekeeping to talk about. But what happened with Dak is. His agent played that perfectly. I mean, it got to the point where the, the Cowboys didn't have any other choice. The
1: Cowboys fell into the Kirk Cousins situation right. with, with Washington.
2: Right. But, but with a better player. Yeah. You're right. I mean, they hadn't drafted anybody. They had no they really had no cards in their hand when it was said and done, and they're looking at it like I've also heard that da- All Dax rehab has been through the team, so they're on top of that. They must feel super comfortable with it he's actually walking up the podium as we speak, um very smiley as you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> But here's one thing I wanted to bring up about Dak. If I'm Lamar Jackson's agent, which happens to be his mom, and he probably should hire someone else to do probably this. Probably should do that. But yeah. I'm starting there. Like, I personally, I would rather have Dak than Lamar. But if I'm both their agents, if I'm Lamar's agent, I'm going to say well, I want to start with well, that my Dak guy's contract. My
1: guy's been the MVP. I, I,
2: my, <laughs> I take my team to the playoffs every year. You know, my guy's been the MVP. I mean, that's what it's going to, it's going to cost the Ravens that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So,
2: and the Steelers don't have to deal with these type of contracts probably for a couple of years. Whether they draft someone, trade someone, whatever, it's not going to be one of these situations. Yeah,
1: it's not that situation. It's, it's that, that, like that. you know, I, I had uh, I talked about that to, uh, today. I did a podcast for uh, for DK and I talked about that. People are the Steelers have the the twenty players now under contract for next year, okay. but they have one hundred forty eight million dollars in cap space. Sure. Uh, and people are saying, "Well, they yeah, but they've only got 20 players under contract. They're, they're not, they can't sign, like, but they've got 148 million dollars in cap space, mm-hmm. and they're going to draft seven or eight more. So as we just see, we see here, your two safeties are only going to cost you 15 of that.
2: That's great. That's that's very good news. Yeah. Right. So
1: now you're up to 22 because you're going to extend. You're, you're going to extend you're, both. Though. You're going to do that with both decision. of those guys. Right, right. That's that's a no brainer. Options, right? That's a no brainer.
2: Especially because they're. It'd be different if they both were making the same like it used to be. You right. Know, like if they were, option.
1: yeah. If they were both. Making nine million dollars next oh, okay, year. Well, okay, well, now you got a conversation. Do, but yeah.
2: right, should we take Evan at this stage? You, you get sixteen million on two starting safeties. Boom. Cool. Because we it. just
1: saw that we just saw the safety from uh, from the Bills. Uh, which which one was, was? it? Poyer or was Poyer just signed a new deal? I get the and Hyde. I get yeah. both confused. I think was like Poyer. I think people. was Poyer. I think was Poyer. Yeah, I think it was Poyer yeah, yeah, that signed a new deal for like nine and a half million a year. hmm
2: And he's a good. He's a good player. Yeah. Right. Right. And he's a key component of their defense.
1: I'd rather have Minka.
2: I'd rather have Minka for sure. Right. You know, and. and I'm a an Ed- between those two. Yeah.
1: And Edmonds is, you know, again, I think we talked about this when the Steelers and Bills played. Okay. Minka's your best safety. The Bills guys are the next mm-hmm. two, and then Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. But Edmonds isn't that far off from those guys. I mean, he starts for most
2: teams without question. Yeah. He's ascending. He plays yeah. every snap of his career. You know, right. I mean, he has value. I mean, his contract in itself, would you say was 6.9 or something like that? 6.7. I'll take that. Yeah, that's you know, that's that's an foundation. average
1: starter money for mm-hmm. in the you know six. If you get a starter in today's NFL on their second contract, like if if, if I'm the Steelers and I'm I'm Terrell Edmonds agent, we're gonna sit down and talk contract. Okay, if if we get to that average, you know, around six million a year, between six and seven million a year, okay.
2: If you're the Steelers, yeah, yeah. And if yeah, I'm right,
1: the agent, right. I'm like, yeah, we can do because he's not gonna get more than that on the open market. Probably not.
2: I mean, there's always a lot of safeties on the yeah, open he, market. I mean, he doesn't take the ball away. That's right, a, you know, right, the right, biggest right. issue
1: with him. So, you know, but he, happy with
2: you, you're happy with us. He does, th- he does a lot of good things. He does enough good
1: things that he would be worth that that contract.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually kind of a Bills way of, of team building. They have a lot of 6 to 10 million dollar guys. Yeah. You know, that's it gives you depth, you know, you don't give one guy a bazillion dollars. Now I didn't realize that's safety news. though. That's really good for the Steelers for next year.
1: Yeah. So, um Trying to think of what the other news was we want to talk about.
2: Well, yeah, we have Dak. We have some releases. Yeah, the, the releases are starting here. These are
1: these are going to go on here. Uh, for example, the Bills released Quentin Jefferson mm-hmm. and John Brown today.
2: They're going to be falling left and right, folks.
1: This is a team that you know people. Well, they're way be- they're in way better cap shape than the Steelers, but they're re- still releasing starters.
2: They're still re- yeah, it's quality <laughs> players. I mean, what I've been told. I mean, this is kind of a side note. Is I think the Bills. They want to add one. I just kind of they added Digs last year. They, they've
1: now fallen in love with. We got to add a star,
2: right? I think once they want it to be a, a pass rush type guy. Yeah, you know maybe Bud Dupree ends up there. I don't know, you know, but I think that's their plan is setting up to add one more dominant guy that can get after the quarterback or impact guy.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a it's funny because it's the exact opposite of what they had been building to get to this point.
2: The house is built now. Now yeah. they're now they're putting the and now they're
1: kind of taking down some of the walls to put up some fancy new they're buying a hot trinkets. Tub now. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know. If, back I don't down. know if that's the way to go. That's the that's the Rams model.
2: That's questionable, right? I think they're there because they have built this thing so well, and they have spread it out over a lot of guys, and they built their offensive line basically in one off two years ago. By By signing like seven or eight guys. He's just signed everybody. Over a million bucks each. I mean, and Morse hit, and a couple of them hit.
1: They traded a couple of them. Right, right,
2: right, right. So it's interesting. Now these last two years, you go get digs, and you give up your first-round pick, and are they going to do something similar in free agency? Who knows? It might put them over the top, but that's a dangerous game when you are built really smart, and then you think, okay, now's the time to zag and get that one guy to throw me over the top. Yeah, Which also brings me to the Steelers next year. Like when they do have cap space, I don't think the Steelers are gonna go sign Jadavian Clowney for twenty million. No. You know what I mean? I no, they're gonna build it yeah. out and, right.
1: They're gonna you know get a, a couple of mid level free agents and, yep. and they're gonna resign their own guys. That's why I'm not concerned about that 148 million. It's not like they're gonna go sign Dak Prescott.
2: But they 40, can if they, something they have, fell in their yeah, lap. But no.
1: They have the ability to do that, but right. there's no reason to do that no. you know, and spend a quarter of your cap. Now they're gonna have to pay TJ Watt. Sure. But that's not going to, that's 25 million? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's not
2: going to break the bank or anything you, like you that. You still have
1: 125 million or 120 million to, And, and to depending what happens
2: of. with your quarterback situation, if that was this year, I'm just using this year because we know who they are, you keep Sutton right off the bat. I mean, like, you're not fighting him. You can keep whoever you want from that. Right. Point. That's the, th- you know? that's Maybe the thing. Maybe you still yeah. choose to let Juju walk. Maybe you're not ready to pay Bud that money. But you can if you think they're worth it. Where now, this year, you really can't.
1: Right. Even if you think that guy's worth it, you can't afford him. Mm-hmm. Next year, that's not the case.
2: Right. But, like, Sutton might already be signed. You know, next year's version of Sutton yeah. or whoever emerges, you know?
1: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, they could do a bunch of this. And we've, we've talked, like, they could they could extend Steven Nelson, for example. Yeah, yeah. He's, got a, he's he signed through the end of this year. You extend him. You lower his cap hit this year. And you lock up another player. You in, go to in future years,
2: then, yeah, and you don't have a cornerback need as much
1: because you don't have to worry about the cap space down the road. You mm-hmm. can make that salary, mm-hmm. or you can structure that however you want. Because
2: as long as he doesn't drop off a cliff, it's worth it. as yeah. long as he's a serviceable starter or better, he's worth it, and he's not very old.
1: No, uh, we're also at some point uh, later today. We're going to see, uh, in, in the next, uh, at least in the next two days, the compensatory picks finally come out.
2: Oh yeah, e- interesting.
1: And for people that don't understand that, uh, there are going to be thirty-two of them awarded.
2: There is every year, right.
1: The compensatory picks that were awarded this year for GM and coach hirings don't count into that formula. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't matter in that. And the most a team can get is four,
2: which is a haul. Yeah. And the highest one you can Well, when you think third. about it, there's
1: 32, only 32 of them awarded. Mm-hmm. On average, that's two per team. Or no, I'm sorry, one per team. One per team. Right, right, yeah. right. So if you get two compensatory picks in a year, you've done well. You've done well, absolutely. I mean, you lost some guys to get there, but there's a reason you yeah. got them. You know, uh, if you know next year, people well, the Steelers should get you know four. Well, they could. They could. But it's also going there's to only depend. Only thirty-two of them. You know, that's why when, when free agency starts next week, you know, when when Bud Dupree signs, you want him to sign for as much money as he can get.
0: Oh, yeah. Like,
1: same with Juju Smith-Schuster. If Al Villanueva gets a, a big contract offer from some, you know, a, contract a from particularly somebody. good one. You know, yeah.
2: like, pay him like a starting left tackle somebody, and that'll pay off. Little things, like people don't think about. Like Jesse James signing with the Lions, they got more in return for him than what he would have given him as a player, probably. Right, yeah. And had to pay him, you know what I mean?
1: Um, you know, the Steelers are going to get they're, – they're expected to get a sixth-round draft pick as a compensatory pick, a fourth for Javon Hargrave. Mm-hmm and a sixth for Nick Vanette.
2: For Nick Vanette, right. Who they gave up a fifth fight for basically as a wash. So you re- yeah, right. you
1: rented them for a year, and you get yeah. a, you know, you a sixth-round draft pick back. For Nick Vanette. It's never, Nick Vanette. Right, right, right. You'll take the um, sixth all day long. So the other thing, that, you know, when, uh, we've talked about this before, but when, when the free agency period starts, and it's until right before, the, I think the week before the draft mm-hmm. is when the compensatory line cuts off. Okay. So there that yeah, w- there is a line. That first agency. wave of free agents, uh, all those big signings, um, the guys who are actual free agents, not guys who've been released by other teams, they don't count in the equation. The guy, no, the guys who, yeah, the guys who have been released don't count. Don't the count. guys who are actual free agents count. In contracts equation. are about
2: are coming up. They're yeah. about to hit free agents. And
1: then now. you balance those things out. So if your team signs a, a big name guy, and loses a big name guy, you could get
2: nothing. You could get nothing. But if you sign someone monstrous and don't and nobody leaves you're definitely not getting anything. Yeah, you're not getting anything. Right. But this year, you're the Steelers are going to lose more than they gain for sure. I mean, like yeah. that's a that's a 100% Like I slam think that down. was
1: part of the and reasoning last year. the the uh the Patriots traded with the Raiders to get Trent Brown back. Mm-hmm. And then signed him to a one-year deal. Some for some reason they get Trent Brown to agree to a one-year deal. I don't
2: Yeah, know. I'm not sure how that all went.
1: But so Trent Brown now gets to be a free agent again next year. Mhm the Patriots then if he leaves get to recoup another draft pick another compensatory pick presumably oh, yeah, yeah. for Trent Brown or at least in the equation who yeah. they've already gotten a compensatory pick for once
2: they basically got a third for him because he signed a monster deal with the Raiders a year later you give up like a fifth to bring him back
1: like they've they've
2: won it's the most patriot deal ever yeah they've now if, the if like Belichick could
1: only draft, well, <laughs> if you made the picks work, <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. If he was a good drafter, which he's not, yeah, which, which he has, which been. is right, just yeah. completely one of the most underreported things in in the right the history of uh, if, the, NFL. the last right, twenty right. years. I don't know if if there's a, uh, I mean, there have been worse guys than than Belichick. Oh, sure, but Those, he's decided not anymore. he's decidedly average. He has. when it comes to drafting. How
2: about this? I mean, I just saw a blurb on my phone like five minutes ago. Nikhil Harry's being shopped now. Yeah, he was their first round pick a year ago. <laughs> yeah, he's cheap labor at the position they're and terrible. At. Yeah, you don't have anybody. Yeah, you don't have anybody there, right? I mean, somebody they'll probably get a third round, fourth round pick for him. Yeah, I don't think they, they may give up a third, maybe right. a fifth. Maybe a fifth. I mean, that's a terrible investment. But brown and it's not opposite. like they need
1: the cap space.
2: No right, right. I mean, Brown's the opposite though. They've won on that transaction like three times, and he's going to be their starting right tackle this year. He's still good. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Well,
1: Marcus Cannon's coming back too, so maybe. Yeah, I don't know who they, kicks the guard. Maybe they or put what maybe they do. put Brown at left. Yeah. Because their draft pick there, the, the kid they drafted out of Georgia, hasn't worked out.
2: No, and someone's going to move into guard because they did find that kid with a bunch of owls in his name. I forget his name. Who's was their starting tackle this year? Yeah. Uh, they did dig a diamond in the rough out, which they do, but. Odd. I mean, the whole comp thing's interesting. Um, the other thing about the comp picks, just when they do become release people, I'm sure most of you know this, but they're at the very end of the round. If you get a third rounder, it's the very end of the round. And they are tradable now. And growing yeah. up, they weren't. A couple of years ago, they weren't.
1: And that's what makes them more valuable. Right. I mean, heck yeah. You know, want to
2: have to make a pick there. you know.
1: Yeah. So again, if the Steelers get what's expected, that would be a fourth and a sixth. That'd be great. That, that would add to what they've got uh, already on the books here. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, again, if you've got. You know, the fourth and the sixth will be on the on the final day of the draft. Obviously, you're not getting a, yeah, right, a third right, right. on the. But that's a fourth round pick. That's valuable.
2: That's valuable. Yeah. I mean, that's an inside linebacker. That's a, a center that you like. That you don't need to play right this. We've minute. done a
1: lot of mock drafts, obviously. Sure. And that area from from the time they make their fourth round pick until the sixth round, when when they come back up because they don't have a fifth round pick. There's a lot of good guys going off the board there, and you're like, boy, I'd love to have a pick in 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 this area. Yeah, you're right. Well, now you do. Now you do.
2: Yeah. The way we have been doing it, it's almost like, okay, after that huge gap, you take a couple flyers at you know, and you have no hopes for those dudes, and all the ones before that are really your draft. Well, now you kind of have more of a flow, you know, where you're torn between two guys and one might fall to you or whatever, or you trade up, you know, or trade back or trade future picks and... You know, uh, this is massive speculation because there's only 32 of them. But a year from now, I think there's a chance they have two thirds.
1: Yeah, there's, there's definitely potential for that. And they could they could wind up a four. Because
2: they, they're, they're not going to they're
1: not going to sign anybody of note this year. Yeah, right.
2: Maybe a center, but that's not going to kill them. Um, I've heard some people speculate the Steelers could have two thirds, a fourth, and a fifth next year. Which would be that's
1: massive, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Right,
2: and in addition to your already over, picks, they have. You know? Yeah. So. Good Situation, uh, a cap space. yeah.
1: One other thing that has happened here, and we talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago, is they have restructured the contract of uh JJ or not JJ Watt, Derek Watt.
2: Yeah, that just happened today or yesterday, yeah. Huh? So, close to a million now,
1: yeah. That cleared up about uh eight, eight, eight and change, mm-hmm. eight hundred thousand and change, which is what we thought it would. And uh, so he'll be back, yeah. He'll be back, uh, freeze up some cash. I expect uh, to see something similar happen at some point with Stephon it or maybe they just talk extension with mm-hmm. Stephon it, period. Just a straight extension with him.
2: Sure. When you need the money. Like, you've laid that out yeah. well. They've, they could do that with Nelson. They could do that with Tewitt, Ebron, Boswell. I mean, Boswell, to me, is the easiest one of them. Yeah. Because, I mean, He's, he's going to be on the team. The Although cliff. we
1: did, like, Dan Carpenter got cut, and there were a couple of kickers really? that got cut in the last few days that uh, okay. you look and go, Boy, that's not a position you, you know, I get Usually it. Usually you, you want to, yeah, you want to save a little money there, but that's mm-hmm. not a position to do it at.
2: No, not if you have a guy. Yeah. You know, we saw that one year where he was shaky. What a feeling that is. But for the most part, Steeler fans have been pretty spoiled with a consistent kicker.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. But uh, we are going, oh, the compensatory picks are out oh, as this. we sit here. Late breaking news. Late breaking news. I'll read you to see what, let's see what the Steelers got here. They got. A fourth round compensatory pick, which is pick 141. Great. I think we've actually had pick 141 before we traded for that one. And that is actually it. Only a fourth. They only got the fourth. Hmm.
2: Again, it's some competition. I mean, everyone's playing this game to get comp picks. And a lot of people speculate, and it's a a twisted cart, you know, strange formula of how they actually come up with it. It's not just the dollars you sign for, it's also, you know, your snap count. Well, again, you only give up 30, you only give give 32 32 of of them. Yeah. So you uh, pick up an extra fourth, though. That's nice. Yeah,
1: so, they, I mean, they lost Sean Davis, then signed him back.
2: Yeah, that's kind of a Patriot move. Yeah,
1: lost B.J. Finney, lost Javon Hargrave, Tyler Matikiewicz, Nick Vanette. They signed Eric Ebron and Derek Watt. Hmm.
2: And, in, and in response, a year later, you, you get, get a fourth. You get a fourth-round pick. Yeah, and next year when we have this conversation, it's going to be a lot more fun. Yeah. But so. that's a nice pickup. That's good. I would have liked a, a four and a six, but, yeah, such is life. Yeah. Late six isn't worth that much.
1: No, but that fourth-round pick is certainly valuable. And, and uh, the team that got the uh, – uh, just see, looking here. So who did well? Uh, Dallas, Dallas ended up with four. I'm
2: trying to think who they lost.
1: Well, Dallas Byron lost. Byron Jones. Uh, they lost uh, Randall Cobb, Malik Collins, uh, Jeff Heath, Byron Jones, Robert Quinn, uh, CEO Fulu Xavier, yeah. and uh, Jason Witten.
2: Yeah. I mean, Byron Jones is a big one, but that's a yeah. lot.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so Atlanta, how many thirds were given out?
1: Atlanta got three. Green Bay got three. And then there were a bunch of teams that got two. Baltimore okay. only got one this year. So. That's low for them. Uh, the third round picks were New England. Got the highest one at 96. Okay. The Chargers at 97. New Orleans at 98. Dallas at 99. I'm assuming that is four. Byron yeah, I Jones. for Jones, yeah. Tennessee got one at th- uh, the 100th pick in the draft. The Rams got uh, 101. San Francisco got 102 and 103. Wow. Uh, a lot of extra thirds
2: in there. Yeah, so. the
1: Rams got uh, 104, Baltimore got 105, and the Saints got 106.
2: Interesting. I bring this up a lot about the Rams, but people kill them for not having first-round picks and their very odd team construction. They always pick up a couple comp picks. Here's the thing: they make Baltimore,
1: a lot of picks. Baltimore lost Michael Pierce and, and Seth Roberts and signed Derek Wolfe. Michael Pierce did
2: he opted out last year? they got a
1: third-round pick for a guy who didn't play last year.
2: Wow, that's a little strange. Yeah. That's, I'm not saying it's fishy. It's just a little strange. Because <laughs> he didn't even sign that big a deal.
1: It wasn't, wasn't a huge one, no. No. Um no. wasn't bigger than the Hargrave deal.
2: No. Not even close. And Hargrave played all year.
1: And he played. And, and play time is actually factored into factored that. factored
2: into that. Right. That's weird. That is odd. Yeah. And Wolf's not a joke. I mean, Wolf's a, uh, you know somebody they brought in is, you know, wow. And the Patriots
1: Patriots essentially got a third-round pick because Tom Brady signed with the uh, Tampa Bay fair enough. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You've been listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We want to thank uh, Jacob Breck for keeping us on the air uh, during the segment and we want to thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and Matt. The Javante Williams train, it's rolling baby. It's rolling along. We're getting we're getting more and more people on there. Daniel Jeremiah uh, of NFL.com did a, uh, a live chat yesterday with uh, members of the, me- the yeah, NFL media, um, and said that he is going to bump Javante Williams up ahead of Najee Harris in his yeah. rankings. Amazing. And he had him at thirty-two the last time in his in his latest rank in Keeps his last moving up
2: into the top fifty or whatever, and keep moving up and keep moving up,
1: gaining steam. You sent me an article here by Thor Nyström, yeah, from uh, Roto World. Uh, he has Javante Williams as his number one running back. We start. We spoke with uh, with Greg husell of NFL Films. Yeah, check that segment out. You'll check like that it, segment yeah. out. Uh, he has him ahead of Najee Harris. Everybody's on board now.
2: Yeah, you made some good points. Before we started even recording today, just about age and workload by itself. I mean, I think that's noteworthy. I mean, do you have their ages in front of you, the difference? Yeah, he's
1: Javante Williams is two years younger. That's huge. Two years younger.
2: That's like, you know, that's that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, so here's the thing with Harris. He's already turned 23. Mm
2: A little surprising he went back to school last year.
1: Yeah, Javante Williams has not even turned 21 yet. Wow. He'll turn 21 uh, soon after the draft. But mm-hmm. but you're getting a 21-year-old running back who, by the way, had, I believe, right around 400 career touches right. at, at, at North Carolina. Whereas Harris had almost 300 touches last year alone.
2: He's got a whole year's worth more of touches. He basically.
1: and he and Travis Etienne, Etienne actually has more touches in I mean, his college career. Kind of shocking They're back, both yeah. almost at 900 for their career. That's a lot. A lot. And Williams has ha- less than half of less that. Than half of
2: that. and part of it's because Michael Carter was there. Right. That's
1: that's where he benefited. I'm sure. You know, but if it's he... not like Bama doesn't have other talented right. backs. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, right. But and I get it. Harris was good enough that he got carries along with mm-hmm, those backs. Mm-hmm. But then this year was the guy. Was the guy. right? Because yeah. ATM was the guy the entire right, time right, right. he was at. No question. Yeah. Clemson. One's
2: just younger than the other. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's a big deal. When and you then he turned on the tape. And then you turn on tape, and it's a good conversation. Which one you like? Again, check out the conversation we had with Greg about that. I think both are developing receivers. Um, neither is a super home run hitter, but I think Williams is probably faster.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing that the, the Thor, in the Thor Nyström piece, mm-hmm. he thinks, and he watches a lot of tape. Oh, he does. He, does he a thinks really good that Javante Williams will run running the low four fives. Okay. He thinks that Harris is more of a four high four fives, four six guy. Yeah, now that's that. not much.
2: No, but it's something.
1: But Maybe it's something. It's, it's yeah. ATN favorite. will be in the four fours somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. If
1: you're fast. looking for that kind of guy, but I don't think ATN to me, I, he's not even in the conversation for me. Like not we, we've 24. done the we've done the triple takes yes. uh, on Steelers.com. and I had at the time I had Harris as my number one back, and I had Javante Williams as my number two with mm-hmm. ATN behind those two guys because I think if I'm looking for an every down back, the conversation ends or starts and ends with those two, t- those two players, Harris and Williams.
2: Right. They're almost a different position. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not sure. I can't think of a good team off the top of my head. But if you had a, a four net-like grinder, you yeah. know, and you want to complement the him. Like the Bears. Uh, yeah, that's a good, good, real good example, you know. And Kamara is the ultimate example of that because he gets a ton of carries or an Eckler. Um, I think ATN's great for you. If you just right. want another weapon to add to the mix, great. You know, but if you want what the Steelers need or traditionally have looked for at the position of, we want to hand this guy the ball a lot, and maybe we don't keep him on a second contract. We want an every-down workhorse guy. Those are the two.
1: Those are the two, And, and, and honestly... There are some other guys in this draft that you look at and go, okay, he could be. They, they are guys who could come in and contribute and be part sure. a piece Trace of the. Or, they could right, be a right. piece of the puzzle without question. But they're not the whole answer to the puzzle. They're that's not the, the thing. Is that's always my Benny. You, they're Snell not, conversation. not the oh, turn to turn to, the crossword puzzle. Turn to page eighty-two for the answers. <laughs> and there it is. Those two Harris guys are the answers. Really, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, that, that's always my Benny Snell conversation. Like, I think he can handle it. I just don't want him touching the ball that much, yeah. Because then somebody better isn't. Right, know, yeah. In, if, in if, if,
1: offense, if I got to give him carries, that means if I'm getting him carries, that means the guy who should be getting the ball isn't getting it. Mm-hmm. Like I want to give the ball 20 times to Javante Williams.
2: Sure, and I'm sure there's some guys on Thor's list. I'm actually going to read it after we're done here. That are third, fourth round players that are interesting. Um, you know, the kid from V Tech we haven't talked about. There was guys like that. Yeah. but well, he
1: has some comparisons here. So uh, let's go okay, do, do down through that, the comparisons. Yeah. So his comparison. Uh, for Javante Williams is Nick Chubb. That's pretty good. That's a good That's a good comparison.
2: I bet William uh, – I'm not saying he's a better runner than Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb's the best runner in the league, to be very honest with you. But I bet he's a better receiver than Nick Chubb from day one. Yeah. And, and he's not great in that department, but getting better. The, the other, thing, is, the other
1: thing that he does really well Patrick. is pass protection. Yep, yeah, he he really puts does. guys on their butts.
2: Yeah, he loves it. And he's good at it. <laughs> it's pretty rare. He runs
1: through their soul on this. Yeah, he
2: really does. <laughs> Coaches love that.
1: Uh, Najee Harris, he compares to Steven Jackson.
2: I like that comparison. I've heard Matt Forte a lot, and I don't see Matt Forte. I don't
1: see him. Forte was more of a finesse player. Yeah,
2: I think think Jackson's a really good comparison. Yeah. And you'd be really happy with Steven Jackson. Yeah.
1: Now, the difference to me between those two guys, though, is that – and Chubb's very young in his career.
2: Of course, of course.
1: But Steven Jackson was very good for about a three- or four-year period Mm -hmm. and then fizzled out. When like, he lost it, he lost it.
2: He did. Um, geez, i mean, We actually played. And that against happens him against big. Game.
1: That happens with big backs.
2: It does. And one thing about Jackson's career, which is sort of true for Harris, but really stood out with Jackson, when he got tackled, it was like a train wreck. It was yeah. just limbs and stuff and snot you know, <laughs> every which way. I mean, he didn't. You know, some guys can take a hit well and and graze off people. I mean, he got hit and it was in shambles.
1: Yeah. Uh, the comparison, and he has Travis Etienne third. Okay. Uh, his com- his comp for ATN is Reggie Bush.
2: Not bad. I, I often hear Jamal Charles. Yeah. And-, and all those are comparable.
1: I don't know. I mean, he's not as fast as Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles was. Bush was pretty fast, too. Yeah, but I think Jamal Charles was at another level yeah. first. Like, I mean- he was...
2: Uh, and Jamal Charles that leads the league. He in, was Usain
1: Bolt running with the ball.
2: Right. I mean, he got a crease. I think he has the most yards per carry career <laughs> in Yeah, he ever, he ever five
1: yards a carry in his career. Maybe even
2: more. Yeah. yeah I mean, so now yeah, I hear you. Uh, mixed feelings on ATN as a receiver. He's he's getting there, but I think Bush was a great receiver. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, right? yeah. Like if Bush came out now, he'd have a lot of catches.
1: Uh, he, has not, he has Michael Carter. Number four. This is why Javante Williams didn't get the ball Mm -hmm. 300 times. His teammate was really
2: good, too. I know you and I both had him fourth as well in a triple take. I think Mike did as well.
1: Uh, His comp is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Hmm. I think he's a little better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire.
2: I think Edwards-Hilaire is a little better at breaking tackles. Yeah. A little more bowling ball-ish.
1: But Carter has way more more breakaway speed. He's more dangerous. Like Edwards-Hilaire, Michael Carter will break off long runs in the NFL. Yes, Edward Soler won't do that as much.
2: A player I love that I've heard the comps with with Carter is Eckler. Mm-hmm. That's richer than it sounds. I think Eckler's a great player. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, he's the best of those three. Yeah. And
1: so, again, you'd be happy if you got any one of those.
2: If you're in that neighborhood. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but, but you I, don't want to give him the ball 30 times
1: right but you, yeah exactly you're right, not giving right. atN or, or or Carter the ball mm-hmm. They're not your primary you know back they're a piece of the puzzle
2: and boy at or Carter and Williams have really benefited from each other yeah. you know, they're gonna make more money because both those guys exist
1: right. Uh, his fifth guy is Ramon Stevenson from Oklahoma. And Five's his, work, it's hard. His comp for him is Eddie Lacy.
2: which isn't bad. I mean, it's a drop off after four. Right. If it's a drop off after three. It's a drop off after four. Yeah. I mean, Lacy has. I mean, he was a second round pick that had success, and I remember. I, too I heavy.
1: still remember the people who. Oh, I can't believe the Steelers passed on oh, Eddie Lacy yeah. to take le- this Le'Veon Bell guy. Right. Right. And that was the entire the entire first year. You heard that. Right. Um. Boy, yeah, Eddie huh. Lacy's tearing it up. But, okay. Mm-hmm. He did it for a year. Got too heavy, and he yeah. had some injuries too. And those kind of guys, effect. I mean, if that's what you want, if you want to draft a, a running back, and then two years from now have to draft another one because you use this guy up.
2: Right, right, and he's not as much of a receiver. He's not going
1: to give me anything receiving. No. You're going to have to, so you're going to need a third down back. You know,
2: I don't dislike Stevenson though.
1: No, I don't either. I mean, but he's not your, he's not your.
2: That doesn't mean he's gonna be fat and lazy. No, <laughs> right, <laughs> because Eddie Lacey was right, you know.
1: And maybe you give him 250 carries, and you're happy with that. Yeah. But he's not going to catch the ball, and you need to be able to catch the ball a little bit in today's game.
2: Bill Cowher would like Stevenson. Yeah. You know, and times have
1: changed. Um, His number six guy is Trey Sermon. Mm -hmm. This is a rich comparison to me for Trey Sermon. He's got Marshawn Lynch as his comparison.
2: That's very rich. I think Lynch might go to the Hall of Fame someday. Yeah. I don't see him as a pinball like Lynch. No.
1: I mean, Sermon's good –
2: I like all the other comparisons. I don't like this one. I mean,
1: he's six foot, two hundred thirteen pounds. Marshawn Lynch was a bowling ball. Like Marshawn tough. Lynch had those
2: really wide base yeah. feet too, and got even lower because of it, and bounced off people. And I think Sermon's a fine player. Um, uh, I don't see that
1: one. Yeah, I don't see that one at all. Uh, his number seven running back was Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis.
2: I like uh, him a lot. But yeah, off of the Steelers.
1: His comp is, is um, Raheem Mostert, and that's why you don't mm. like him for the Steelers because.
2: He's a breakaway guy. But what have we
1: what have we seen with Mostert is he can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy.
2: Yeah. I think Gainwell's a better receiver than Mostert. Mostert's a pure Shanahan zone. Put your foot in yeah. the ground and then Give go me a, a million crease. miles yeah. an hour. And you take a lot of hits that way too, because he's very straight line ish. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get out of the way so much. Um I think Gainwell's a little more slippery. Yeah. Mostert's a good player, though.
1: How about this comp? For Demetric Felton. And some people are looking at him as a running back. Some people are looking at him as a wide receiver. Yeah, he he's pretty much was a, he's five, was a receiver. He's five, 189 pounds. The comp is Randall Cobb.
2: Okay. I mean, Cobb was a option quarterback, right. carried the ball a lot. I think Felton's a. I'd rather hand the ball to Felton in a traditional mat, manner. I mean, he had success doing that. Felton's a good player. Yeah. There's a lot of those in this draft. I think, though, which I is think a great if I remember receiver.
1: correctly, Cobb was a third round pick. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Um, his ninth running back is a guy we've talked about uh, Khalil Herbert out of uh, Virginia Tech
2: he's kind of intriguing to me Five
1: nine two zero four, so not the biggest back mm-hmm. but his comp is Alandis Gary
0: hmm
2: that doesn't make you do cartwheels yeah, yeah quick one uh, one cut runner yeah you know, get it top. up the field yeah it's what's blocked a little more you know Gary wasn't bad um, he just didn't
1: have a long career
2: <laughs> this goes back to our conversation we've had a million times like I don't want to take him in the fourth round yeah and that's your back you add you know what I mean this sure is just not the year better. to do that. Right. And I don't think he's a bad player. For some teams, he'd be fine in the fourth round, but not for the Steelers. Yeah, if
1: you're if you're looking for a, a complimentary back or a number two back, mm-hmm. that's right. fine. Yeah, yeah. But not this team. This right. team's looking for a lead runner. You don't need a
2: guy to carry the ball a lot.
1: Uh, his number ten is Spencer Brown out of UAB. Hmm. 5'11", 228. The comparison is AJ Dillon.
2: I don't know Spencer Brown. I'm interested with that one. Yeah, it's a big back.
1: He says he's a wrecking ball, um, okay. you know, that kind of running. I mean, 5'11", 228, yeah, that's dude. a big back in today's game.
2: Oh, yeah, that absolutely is. Over 220 yeah. is big. Uh, at number 11,
1: Chuba Hubbard. I have
2: mixed feelings about him. I don't think he's a good fit here, but yeah. I think he's being slept on a little. His comp,
1: a his comp for him is Tevin Coleman.
2: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah he's fast. Again,
1: a piece of the puzzle, but not...
2: No, right, right, right. Not the whole answer. He made a big mistake going back to school last year.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know where he would have fallen though in that gr- in that running back. Not class. with the
2: top group, yeah. But he would have been at the seventh back taken or sixth or something. Right yeah. Now would be the eighth or ninth, tenth, you know.
1: Uh, at twelve. He has Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana. Okay, I like him a little bit. His yeah, comp- there's comp- about him. Comp for him is Royce Freeman. I think he's better than hmm. Royce Freeman. Freeman was
2: a third, I think, though. Yeah. Never really worked out, but caught the ball pretty well for a bigger back. Freeman, interesting.
1: He's tough though.
2: He is. He runs hard. He does. Uh,
1: Thirteen. He has Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon State. I
2: like Jefferson a little bit too. Yeah.
1: His comp on him is uh, Ronald Jones. Jones. Hmm. I think he's bigger than Ronald Jones. Yeah.
2: I think Ronald Jones has more breakaway speed, but maybe I'm wrong on that.
1: Uh, fourteen. He has JV, JV and Hawkins out of Louisville. Five okay. nine one seventy nine. That's a tough. He's yeah. yeah that's, that's a tough, a tough sell. One. Be, um. The comp on him is Noel Devine. Wow. Okay. And Noel Devine didn't make it in the <laughs> no, NFL. Right. That's, not, <laughs> That's not a great comp. All, right. I mean,
2: he's a fun guy to watch, but man, uh, he, that guy's hard to use. Yeah. He's not as good a receiver as Felton. Little guys or, take know. big hits. Yeah, he takes big hits. And <laughs> he's not special enough for me.
1: Uh, 15, he has uh, Jarrett Patterson of Buffalo. All really productive. 5'9", nine, hundred ninety-five pounds. His comp is Devin Singletary, stick, sticking I'm in Buffalo. Buffalo,
2: yeah. Yeah, not the biggest, not the fastest. Probably won't test great. Got the job done. I'm not a Singletary fan either. No.
1: Uh, how about this one? For uh, 16 years Puka Williams, who's 5'10", 170. You want to talk about okay, little clear. guys. His comp is Dexter McCluster.
2: Wow. That, that's the uh, – At least he played
1: in the league for a while. He did. <laughs>
2: you know, Coach Haley had a stretch there going back to Kansas City of trying to f- – Find those guys. Yeah. It's hard to transition to the NFL that way. Puka Williams cut off a bunch of toes off his foot yes. with a lawnmower. And his high school coach didn't know it for like two years. Yeah. He was just like stuffing extra sock in there or something. Tough guy. Tough guy.
1: Yeah. Uh seventeen he is uh Killin Hill, uh out of uh, Mississippi State.
2: Highly recruited. Yeah. From what I understand. And,
1: and yeah. the comp is Amir Abdullah. Hmm.
2: That could be worse. I mean, people got high hopes for Abdullah coming into the league. Yeah. He, hadn't quite meet, meet, meet he had quite meets that. He had some injury issues, and yeah, he's still in the league though. He's still in the league.
1: Yeah, uh, eighteen. He has Larry Roundtree out of Missouri. Okay. The comp is Keyshawn Vaughn. Hmm.
2: Keyshawn Vaughn's another one that's a a fourth round number two. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: His best of the rest, uh, Trey Regis out of Louisiana. So Louisiana. I don't know him. Louisiana had two backs. Yeah, yeah. He's 5'11", 227. They had two big. Wow. Two they big backs. Pound you. Yeah. Uh, 20 is Chris Evans. He's kind of an interesting guy. He opted out.
2: He's another highly recruited. Yeah. Right. Some people thought he was impressive at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. I think he has some off-field that needs checked out, but he might be somebody in the league that if someone's going to be this year's Robinson from Jacksonville, it might it could be, him, be the guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like locks into some carries and then you don't get him off the field. Yeah,
1: highly talented guy. who yeah. you know, just didn't play his as much. His path didn't go the way. Kind of like uh, what's his face from Houston? Who am I thinking of here? From the Texans back in the day? Uh, from, Ten- uh, from, from Tennessee. From Tennessee. Arian you know. Foster. Arian Foster. That right, guy
2: right. I guess he was kind of an highly odd dude. touted guy yeah. that you know, didn't have the easiest path.
1: Uh, Jaquan Hardy from Tiffin. That's the first time I've Ooh, heard that name. I got from either. Tiffin at 22. Okay. What's his size? 5'9", uh, 225. Wow. That's an odd <laughs> dimension. Yeah. That's a big dude. Uh, oh, I forgot. Rakeem Boyd uh, from Arkansas at 21. Hardy was at 22. Uh, 23. Vavave Malapea. I don't know him either. Yeah, I don't know him. He's from USC. Hmm, okay. Um wonder if he's even their top guy. At 24, Jay. Jermaine Martin out of North Carolina A&T. and t We're digging deep here. Yeah, for Five nine two twenty. 220. Uh, 25, Brendan Knox out of Marshall. Uh, 26, C.J. Maribel out of Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, 27, Deion Jackson out of Duke. 28, Asim Rose out of Kentucky. Uh, 29, Stevie Scott out of Indiana, and 30, Josh Johnson out of Louisiana, Monroe.
2: i say there's about 10 of those guys I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're digging deep there.
2: If you, let's say you use 24 or trade, whatever, you use your first pick on Williams or Harris. Are you in the market or at least open to the idea of a seventh round sure. back as well? Yeah. You know, that might push Snell off the yeah, roster, Samuel, you know, you know. I
1: mean, I think if you push Samuel off I don't the know that he's going to make the roster no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I think, I think Snell makes your roster next mm-hmm. year, at the very least, because he's a special teams guy. But Samuels, to me, isn't guaranteed of anything.
2: I would bet he doesn't make it, as we sit today. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, he's, pretty nice, pretty his his you know, contract, he goes
1: up to like $800,000 this year. Yeah, no thanks. You, you, right. you can save 300000 just by going with a rookie.
2: It wouldn't break my heart, and I bet Matt Canada would be on board with Obviously, Felton or Carter won't be there, Yeah, but a 6th or 7th round pick. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the, the 185 pounds four five, yeah. elusive guy that doesn't get many touchdowns. Hand it to you on a
1: jet sweep, and you know yeah. what to do with it. Just add yeah. him to the
2: equation as well. You can uh, put your foot right. in the ground and go. Returner, maybe he uh, fights with, uh, what's his face, who they signed today, the receiver. Um, Ray McLeod. Ray McLeod for a yeah. roster spot, or they both can make it in this offense. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but uh, again, another guy with uh, that would be Thor Nyström from uh, Roto World that has uh, has my boy Javante Williams at the top of his yeah. rankings. I, I'm I'm now getting talked into moving him above Harris. I've I'm talked my I've talked myself into that just because of the age, the age thing in the, is, and the carries.
2: Big. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning that way as well. Just for what's he going to give me? Two, three years from now, compared to Harry. Yeah, if
1: I'm going to use a first or second round pick on a back, I want more than two good years out of him. I want mm-hmm. I an extended. I want to get a
2: full yeah. contract, plus, as we talked about in a different segment, that fifth year option is pretty favorable, too. And then if you get five good years out of him, you get five. And, and
1: there's a difference. I mean, Javante Williams at the end of his fifth year is still going to be 26. Mm hmm. Whereas Harris is going to be twenty eight, going you know.
2: I mean, I don't know how he gets the second contract.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't do it, but you you, it. you can at least have the conversation about Javante Williams. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh yeah, right. At least it's a conversation, and he's in his prime when that point comes, yeah. you know, or, or maybe just past. It. And that's a nice problem to have. Like, it okay,
1: is. do we? You know, we're
2: you know, and all these things factor in for the next quarterback too.
1: Yeah, um, and again, the thing you have to remind yourself when you watch him on tape is that. Everything that he did this year and last year, he was 19 and 20 years old. Yeah, right. Like we mean, talk about
2: that a lot when we watch Penny Sewell. Or, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: He's like, not even a, a full-grown man yet. Right.
2: Like, These guys will get bigger, stronger, maybe faster, you know, just naturally. And, boy, he has the attitude you want. But I'm not sure Harris is going to get – he might be at a ceiling
1: physically. A, a lot of the Alabama guys seem to – that's where they're – I mean, they seem to be – you don't –
2: they also get beat up in. practice. You don't see
1: as much it's, upside potential with those guys. I mean, some don't get used
2: up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to get on the field. Practices are a little harder. You know, I mean, maybe you play, play through
1: little. play through some stuff that you might not have played through it. Uh, you know, well, if, you're, absolutely. if you're somewhere else. Well, if I leave the field, I might not get back on. Play a
2: couple extra games every year. You know, against the best competition in the league. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, it's a hard
1: road. Um. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to evolve there, but uh, expect uh, Daniel Jeremiah. To have Javante Williams is it, like I've been asked. though be a trend. I, I did my chat yesterday, and a lot of people start began to ask me, "Would you take Javante Williams at 24? Yes, I
2: would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're one hundred percent on board there. And I'm very strongly on board there. Yeah, I, I think I would right now. I mean, the I need think is he'll so great. The need's great. He fits and as what we, he you wants.
1: know we, we just. Talk, I mean, we talked with Greg Cosell in an earlier segment today, and as he said there, the back makes the line.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a more of an old adage, but I—
1: Not the other way around. You can do it the other it way around, but it takes longer to build that.
2: I'm not excusing the Steelers' offensive line over the last two years, but I really think if you would have had a high-quality back, the running game would have been dramatically different.
1: Yeah, put Nick Chubb in that Steelers' backfield in, right. 20, in 2020. Or this year. They, right? Well, 2020. Well, I mean, I'm sorry,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> exactly.
1: They beat the Browns.
2: Oh, probably, yeah.
1: I'd give him a good shot to beat the Bills. Mm-hmm. I mean, it,
2: the other aspect of it that we don't talk about enough is an already great defense then plays a minute and a half less of snaps, yeah.
1: maybe game. five fewer snaps a game.
2: Right, right, right. And you have one less. And Roethlisberger throws, or, you know.
1: ten fewer passes a game. Yeah, right, you know? right, right. I mean, which is what positive you want. A ripple effect. Yeah. right, without question. So uh, interesting. We'll continue to keep an eye on this as it continues, as this draft continues to evolve and. Man, it's well, different this year without the the combine and all that. We may have already come to this conclusion had we been at a combine. We might, we might. I mean, we would know. Okay, this guy. Maybe Najee Harris. Oh, he's a four six five guy. Okay.
2: And I gotta admit, I mean, not having the combine numbers, it's not like I'm gonna be skeptical of heights and weights of pro right. days. That's well. I that's th- the big thing. But I, I'm a, I won't put as much stock in pro days. Especially
1: when know. you when you start looking at offensive linemen. Okay, how long were how his arms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. And I just like seeing them all together, too. Well, that helped. Yeah, you get to see everybody on the same. That's why a senior bowl, you know, is oh, nice. Oh, there's a lot of value. You get to see those guys, guys standing next to each, other? To each yep. other, throwing at the same the same receivers, doing all that kind of stuff. Without question. But uh, that's going to do it for uh, this, uh, this segment. Uh, so for my partner, Matt Williamson. For Jacob Recht here on site, I'm Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio.